0: You're listening to Local Government Insights, a podcast for state and local governments. If you're looking to optimize operations, improve services for your constituents, and maximize revenue without raising taxes, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show.
1: All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Local Government Insights podcast, Modernizing Government Leadership, your source and insight for local government technology. My name is Brendan Middleton, and today we're going to be speaking with John Buckley, Register of Deeds in Plymouth County about how it's handling its colonial past and over 400 years of land records and what their digital transformation strategy has been and diving into some of the steps and the details behind where they are today and where they've come from. So, John, welcome to the show. It's great to have you.
0: Always good to see you, Brian.
1: Awesome. So for those listening, John was elected as the Plymouth County Register of Deeds in November 2000 and is currently in his fourth term as the Plymouth County Register of Deeds and Assistant Recorder of the Massachusetts Land Court. I'm super excited to have you, John, as a guest today where we use this channel to discuss many of the challenges that local government leaders are facing and further highlight some of the best insights across the industry. Super excited for our conversation. So, John, before we get started, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself, set the stage, and talk a little bit about the makeup of Plymouth County and and help set the stage for our discussion today?
0: Sure. I I came into this job with both government and legal background. I practiced law for a number of years. I started my career after graduating from Tufts as a legislative assistant to my congressman in Washington. Became the chief of staff to the mayor of Brockton while I was in law school and uh, practiced law with a number of people in Brockton, one of whom became the mayor of Brockton for the longest time that any mayor served. And then I was elected as of Deeds, in 2000, I had previously been a county commissioner, so I was very familiar with the county government and you know, how the budgets worked and the Registry of Deeds worked.
1: Excellent. So let's kick it off by just talking a little bit, John, about the history of the Office of Register of Deeds in Plymouth. I'd love to get your perspective around some of the early days in, in the building and expansion efforts that, as we've discussed, really transformed the office into what has become – Not only a leader in the state of Massachusetts, but the important role that Plymouth plays in our nation's history.
0: So I've certainly seen a lot of changes in my 20 years since I've been registered deeds. The man records in Plymouth County actually go back to Plymouth Colony. So the first deed was in the handwriting of the second colonial governor, William Bradford. And he did a layout of what is now downtown Plymouth. You can actually walk on those roads and see plaques of the early colonists' uh, locations for their buildings. You know, from the where they came into to the harbor up Leiden Street, which was called the street at the time, all the way up to the fort at the top of the hill. And all along that walkway were land records from from those locations. Originally, it was common ownership. And then in 1623, the colonial government decided to go to private property ownership, which is the foundation of our work and builders and governments and realtors. And because of a starving time in 1623, they decided to assign land to people and it increased production.
1: Wow. Excellent. So when we start talking about digital transformation, obviously there's a there's a transformation from manual to digital environments in order to make these manual and handwritten records available on the internet today for all of those to see. I'd like to talk a little bit about your efforts to sort of digitally transform the work of the office. And could you just discuss some of the following areas around justification and funding strategies, which is a big topic that I talked to a lot of local government leaders about, and then really just the administrative and operational steps to get to where you are today?
0: Well, uh, you can certainly look at the land records in any county, any registry of deeds, and see the transformation of technology. We have a display in the downstairs of our building that begins with a quill pen to the steel nib pen to the development of the typewriter to computerized land records, a picture of our first electronic Recorded document in 2007, and we say at the end of that display, and this is not the tech most, what will happen in the future as far as technology. There'll always be changes. We're certainly seen that. Uh, the demand for land records over the internet is what has transferred all our work. Yeah,
1: excellent. And I'm always interested in the details and the steps that were taken. So if we could get into the weeds a little bit and talk about some of the steps in the process to really successfully digitize this amount of documents and make them available. Like, could you walk us through some of those steps that you took?
0: Sure. Well, clearly, way back in time, when they were doing copies of the recordings, because the originals weren't kept by the yeah. register in Plymouth County, uh, they went from the black ink to the scanners. And by creating the images, before my time even, That was the first step in in developing a digitalized land record system. So we had to go back from my time in 2000 to try to get to a 50-year title search. And so we started by scanning all of our documents. We did all the way back to 1685, the founding of Plymouth County when it transitioned from Plymouth Colony and by, by by doing that it allowed us to you know bring those records onto the internet search that allowed people to do it. My next step was to scan the hard copy index books yeah. that people would come into the building to use to search the records. It's one thing to record a record, it's another thing to find a record. And that brought about the ability to go online and see the images, and go from the images to the copies of the hard copy index books, and go back and forth and and do it. Clearly, when Avenue came on board with us, we did a tremendous project only a few years ago, 2018, that actually linked the index images to the documents themselves, you know, so you have When you pull up our records, you get the image as well as the index information. And it just makes it so much easier for people to search their records. And that has been what what people have found to be so helpful. Because certainly this year in the pandemic, it started last March, March of 2020. No one could come in the building. Mm -hmm. Everyone had to go online, just do their searches. Mm -hmm. And I think that will result in many changes going forward in the future. The pandemic has made digitalization even more important.
1: It's certainly sped up the process of considering going back and as far back as possible to make these records online. The pandemic has really forced our hand in a lot of these areas, and a lot of governments are either doubling down on that strategy but also considering starting if they haven't already. So that's awesome. Thank you for that, John. I wanna talk about the technology just a little bit. And, you know, you discussed handwritten records, oftentimes hard to read, hard to understand, hard to decipher what word, you know, was written in a certain way. And I know that, you know, cursive writing isn't really taught in our education system a lot these days. Can you talk about the handwritten records and like, were they transcribed? How were they transcribed? and, And how was that all accomplished?
0: Well, clearly there was a project that Avenue did with Norfolk County in doing a transcription project, I thought that was a tremendous thing, particularly because in our case we have a lot of historians and Plymouth being you know the location that was the founding of Plymouth Colony and then Plymouth County is still the county seat. So when I saw what Bill O'Donnell had done over Norfolk County, I really jumped on that project and decided to go forward, starting with book one. Page one of the Plymouth County records. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we're already up to book 130. I'm sorry, book 200 now, which is 1840. And we're going to go all the way forward until there's typewritten copies. Uh, There's a transition when it goes from the original cursive writing to forms that there was cursive writing. Yep. The typewriter went in the computerized version of Copies, But clearly, all of the curf- cursive writing cannot be read by many people now. Beautiful artwork in the early days, but that is something that we're working uh daily, and, and Yostaff is working daily on that project.
1: Wonderful. And I'd like to talk a little bit further on that. You, you mentioned the colonial land records back to book one, page one. That is just... Mind blowing to me that we have that ability to digitize today and make, you know, it available for not only your citizens, but, you know, citizens across the country to learn our history and to be able to look back online and see that. Can you discuss the importance of that and how that will resonate with other local government leaders such as yourself when they're considering going back that far? A lot of times it's not a priority. What was the significance of that and and the importance as to why you did that?
0: Well, certainly in our case, and we're a little unique because the founding of Plymouth Colony goes back to 1620. But this year, or actually last year, 2020, had been scheduled to be the 400th anniversary of the arrival, arrival of the colonists. There were many wonderful events planned. The restoration of the Mayflower, which actually did occur, and came of the copy of the Mayflower the replica. Of the Mayflower came back into Plymouth Harbor, and there were events that were going to highlight all the great accomplishments of the colonists. There were highlights of scheduled for all the connections between the colonists and the Wampanoag Nation, basically helped the colonists get through the first months and days and the first winter and first springs that taught them how to how to survive by planting corn, all those kinds of things. All those celebrations have been put off. They will come forward in 2021. But I think it was that event for us, and I'm sure there are other significant events in other states and counties around America, in other parts of the world even, when the foundation of those societies have significant events, and they're related to land records. We have a collection of notable uh, land records that we use to tell the stories of uh, um, different things that happened along the way. Uh, The Plymouth colony records talk about things like that. The first ferry in America, the right to go to private property, the trial by jury in America. And all those stories are in the colonial period of our colony. And I'm sure they are the same with other places across America. And to have those deeds and mortgages and plans online digitalized and available to people, allow people to tell the story of their own community. And We thought that was important and that's why we've done that. And with Avenue's help, we did add Plymouth County Deeds onto our website. Plymouth County Deeds, again going back to 1620 and it is a great opportunity because they're indexed and historians search them every day and it's mm-hmm. part of our community now.
1: Yeah, and I know it's a bummer that the COVID-19 pandemic has influenced that 400-year that anniversary. And I know you and I spoke last year. We were highly anticipating that event. And I look forward to when it actually takes place and hopefully I can come out and, and take part in the celebration because I know it's a big milestone and it's something to be celebrated for sure.
0: 400 the organization that is always organized that is still going forward with plans for programs.
1: Excellent. So, transitioning now and looking forward, what plans are you putting in place now? What are the ongoing efforts to really continue to modernize the registry for, let's say, the next 50, 100 years? Like, what process do you have in place day-to-day to, to continue so, that process?
0: Clearly, I ought to mention a funding source because a lot of communities uh you know, tight with finances, and a lot of people don't look at this as the top priority in many cases. When a governor, many governors ago, who now is the senator from Utah, Governor Mitt Romney, raised fees. Uh, They didn't want to raise taxes. They raised fees. Uh, They allowed us to keep a portion of the increased fees for a technology fund. We collect $5 on every document, As recorded, it goes into a fund at the state level that once we get approval from the Secretary of State and the state's IT department, we can fund these projects. Without that money, we wouldn't really have access to the funds necessarily because it does cost money to do these projects. And I advise anybody else to take a look at those opportunities. It's using the land records to promote land records. is is a good way to do it, and it's a fee for use of creating a better system. So with that access to funding, we're going to continue to go forward. We're still going forward to make sure that everything that is available in a hard copy at our main office in Plymouth is available over the Internet. Clearly, the pandemic time has showed the value of that. The pandemic time has definitely changed probably forever the way people do business. So the more you get of your records available online, the better you'll be in the future. And uh, I would start small, just get things scanned and available, scan your indexes, get those on your website, and eventually, once all that is done, it's far easier to look at the connection between the images and the indexes and I would say that is the best way that you can provide information to your public virtually.
1: John, this has been incredible. Your story is is remarkable, and I appreciate you outlining some of those steps that you have taken over a long period of time to to make these documents and records available to all to see. As we wrap up today, I'd love for you to just give some of our listeners some takeaways. like. What would you say to those that are are looking to get started with developing their own digital transformation strategy or they've already begun in like motivation to, to continue to look backwards? So what is
0: very clear, and you watch any of the local financial news stories for banks, for realtors, for builders, for everyone, governments, we're not going back to the old ways. The pandemic has been a very medical go faster and, and more demand. People out there want access to your records over the internet. They don't want to come into your buildings. They want to do it from home. People have shifted their offices from office buildings to their homes. I would advise everyone to take a hard look at getting as many of your records digitalized and available over the internet. And The faster you do that, the most well- Uh, like you will be as an entity. And again, take it one step at a time. It's an overwhelming project when you start out, but then you'll get to a place like we are, that you're only working on your miscellaneous records. And again, the world has changed. It'll never go back to what it was. We all have to look forward.
1: Awesome. Well, John, I can't thank you enough for your time. Thanks for jumping on today. Thanks for working with me on this podcast and this project. I really look forward to celebrating along with yourself in the 400 year anniversary. Make sure you keep me posted when those events take place and I'll be watching out the Plymouth 400 website's a great resource. So thank you for sharing that for all of our listeners. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the local government insights podcast, modernizing government leadership. Please stay tuned for more local government news and insights to come. We look forward to having you join us next time. Thanks so much.
0: You've been listening to local government insights. Modernizing Government Leadership. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for
1: the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think the podcast deserves. Until next time. This episode is brought to you by Avenue, your state and local government partner. Avenue partners with state and local officials to boost revenue, optimize operations, and deepen community trust. Avenue brings over 40 years of experience working with over 3,000 local governments to bring you the greatest insights. We work alongside your team to find ways to maximize revenue for local governments without raising taxes. Join us today to learn about ways to drive enhanced results for your community. To get in contact with the Avenue team, visit www.avenueinsights.com.